you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and we have two, not one, but two very special shows in store for you today. I'm excited because G.P. Walsh, Master Spiritual Teacher and good friend G.P. Walsh, joins me on the show as executive contributor to Decide to Transform. Now, G.P. is kind enough to sit down with me today, and we'll be recording two shows a month and releasing two shows a month. G.P. is excited about this, and we've talked ahead of time Again, he'll be the executive contributor here to decide to transform. So look forward to two shows a month from him as he shares his heart and his wisdom with all of you. Now, GP is a true master spiritual teacher, full of compassion, wisdom, and playfulness. He's been teaching and healing for over 30 years and has touched thousands of people with uncanny ability to just know what someone needs to make a breakthrough. The son of a schizophrenic mother and an absent father, GP's earliest memory is being tied to his bed to keep him from wandering. The years of abuse and emotional deprivation were offset by a natural gift for and love of truth, as well as an unquenchable curiosity about how people really heal and awaken. GP has spent a lifetime mastering various techniques of meditation, energy healing, emotional clearing, and manifestation, as well as studying numerous spiritual and religious traditions, Zen Buddhism, and the non-dual inquiry of Sri Muji and Ramana Maharshi. An articulate speaker, extraordinary teacher, meditation master, and world-class storyteller, he takes the most difficult life teachings and makes them easily understandable and practical. His message goes beyond self-help to deep and lasting spiritual transformation. Jack Canfield called him one of the best storytellers in the world and personally invited him to become a member of the prestigious Transformational Leadership Council. He is the author of The Tao of Allowing, Tapping on the Buddha, Angels in the Basement, and countless courses and workshops. He is the creator of Inner Reconciliation, the culmination of his many decades of research and practice. This is all about transformation. GP, I should add, is also one of the hosts of the Flow of Enlightenment on Om Times Radio. Transformation is all there is, is the tagline of <laughs> that show. And I love it. GP, this is great to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. This is, uh, this is so cool. This is, uh, this is just really great. <laughs> It is cool. And this is something that I've been excited about to release not one, but two shows with you. And we have talked ahead of time here, and we agreed that we were going to address the subject of men, as in men actually needing help and assistance. And it's a subject that comes up 
all the time these days. There's so many people in one spiritual or healing modality or the other talking about it. And we thought, what a perfect, perfect topic for these two shows here today. So uh, GP, you suggested this. What was behind that for you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, you, you know, uh, in our field, in the field of personal development, even spirituality, um, there are so many women. Um, and I, I also have, have found that, uh, that men in general these days are rather confused and um, a bit disoriented. And um, just thought, you know, a couple of guys are sitting around talking. We should, you know, we should, <laughs> we should, uh, we should speak to ourselves, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're uh, I- included in that lot. And, you know, it's hard to find uh, mature men, uh, especially in the world of self-help and, uh, you know, new age spirituality and that sort of, sort of stuff that really still carry that masculine power. Yeah. That kind of authority mm-hmm. that is, that is, that is unique to the masculine, which is not a denial of the feminine authority. It's just very different. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for us to truly own that, uh, uh, as as men would create a very very different world. I mean, I I think the world is being run by men and bo- by boys in men's bodies. Right? They really haven't become come uh, uh, men, or they wouldn't be so it wouldn't be so damn violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world would be a very very different place. So I, I agree. That was kind of my thinking behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was excited to to talk about that because I agree with that. It wouldn't be as violent a world. And yes, there's so many disconnects going on. And, and I think a listener can think about any arena of life that there are boys in a man's body running the show. Yeah. Yes. No, it's very, it's very, very true. And, you know, we've, we've, we've tried to touch on it, you know, through the, you know, our, our modern psychology and stuff, you know, getting in touch with your feminine side and, and, and things like that. But that just, that's just a scratch of the surface. I mean, that's just kind of an invitation to try to be more, to try to be more gentle. Um, the misunderstanding is that somehow the masculinity is aggressive and overwhelming, alpha male oriented. And that's just very, very primitive, right? That's, that's certainly not the, the mature, developed uh, uh, masculine energy. That's certainly not the, that's certainly not the energy of, of the elder and of wisdom and of compassion. And, you know, the, I, the modern ideal of a man is, you know, is the, is the, the superhero, right? Who, you know, who's only got one flaw. or or the the loner the self the the, you know the the loner you know the 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 lone vigilante who goes out and 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 fixes everything or the self-made man the guy who's who's, who made himself a billionaire as if there was such a thing Mm. (laughs) right part of the illusion it's just it's just a a a big illusion but it's really an attempt for us to to define masculinity in a world where just the physical properties of masculinity are no longer the advantage. Mm-hmm. We have a culture where we don't, we don't need, we don't need it. So, so I can bench press more than she can. <laughs> mm. So what? 
yeah well uh, you look good on instagram if you do i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah you look good on you look good on instagram but we we don't have to carry the wildebeest home anymore right (laughs) no yeah it's true we really we really really don't there's so many people that uh, don't even connect with that that um yeah, grew up believing if they grew up in an urban area that food comes from the store or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, I I felt that way. I I mean I it was I was I don't know I was probably in my early twenties before I really grasped mm-hmm. this whole process and how it worked because it, it just happened right. Food yeah. is just magically magically appearing. But but that that's the thing. Our 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 culture with our technology and just the development, especially over the last like three hundred years, <clears throat> has has so um, has so liberated us from being completely controlled by the environment. Um, yeah. Right, which is where you know for millions of years that's how we evolved. Right, simply in response to the environment, and all of a sudden that environment has been so stabilized that survival is almost guaranteed, and we don't know what to do. What What do we do now? Who Who am I now, when those shackles have been taken taken off, and and the culture as a whole has just become so so dumbed down that you know we're just kind of amusing ourselves instead of redefining ourselves instead of <clears throat> instead of truly dif- uh, you know deciding to transform <laughs> yeah, right no, exactly because uh, it isn't arbitrary anymore it used to be right you know you're in a particular environment and uh, you either made it or you didn't if you if you did congratulations you get to have babies and they'll survive too <laughs> but we're not in that environment we're not there anymore Right? And now we have to, re- but we, but that some of the that instinct is still there, right? Yes. <laughs> you know that very primitive, you know, animalistic part of it is still very much alive, and it it's, it takes a, a mature consciousness to begin to 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 deal with that and integrate it because it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Right? Right. All of those still basic instincts are still there, and we have to mature to the point where we can learn to integrate them mm-hmm. yes. they don't so they don't dominate us anymore yeah and i think that uh, we've touched on some of the the issues and and you touched on it earlier and that's confusion it's general confusion and yeah let's explore where did this general confusion come from Well, if, boy, you have to look at the entire, the entire picture, yeah. right? Yes. Right? Of, of how we got to where we are, right? Um, and it, it seems to be that, you know, the destiny of the human being was for self-awareness, right? We're the only critters on the planet that actually recognize themselves, that have a sense of I, a sense of self. I mean, every critter on the planet has a sense of being, but we're the only ones that are, are consciously self-aware. I can talk about a me, right? And I can de- define me, which is really amazing, 
when you consider it. I mean, it it it, it, it seems like a, it seems like an unnecessary artifact that just gets in the way. But the fact of the matter is, it's the pinnacle. It is the pinnacle of evolution. It's the pinnacle of our growth, right? But there's a transition that has to take place, right? Uh, that that consciousness brought with it the capacity for um, for imagining for for um, uh, expecting, for projecting, for uh, for imagining what could happen in the future, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and 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 but the nervous system is still very much now, right? So for the first time, we could actually create an an environment in our minds that the body would react as if it was actually in it, right? Yeah. And 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 we end up creating our own stress, our own discomfort, right? Our own con confusion, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, on one hand, the body's reacting to something that isn't actually there, right? Yes. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and and we get more and more into our minds and talking about you know and 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 our imaginings, and we get further and further disconnected from the actual reality in which, in which we're living. And so we can create all sorts of illusions, like the illusion we're still, we're still chasing food around when we're not. Mm -hmm. The illusion that there, there needs to be such a thing as scarcity, uh, the illusion of hierarchy, right. the, the, the illusion of, of, of control and power. Right? These are all manufactured by, uh, by the mind implemented in culture so we have become divorced from from any touchstone <laughs> or any reference point to keep us grounded to create keep us uh, to, to so we can question these assumptions that we make we can question these ideas that we have uh, otherwise we can develop just insane value systems and that's what we've what we've done. Look at the the twentieth and twenty first century. I mean, it's just been riddled with war after war after war after war, and conflict and skirmishes. And it's, I mean, the United States, <clears throat> the United States has been involved in two hundred and fifty eight wars since its inception. Two hundred and eight of them. Two hundred and eight of them were started by the United States. Oh yes. <laughs> Okay, well, I thought it would might possibly be more than two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it, but and where does that come from? Is it because this is a particularly aggressive nature? No, it's it's the value systems yeah. that, that that develop, right? Because we're inventing value systems without any kind of reference to what is real, right? To something that's authentic. We've even lost the ability to find what's real. And now we're even promoting it. We have VR glasses, so you don't even need to know what's real. You make your own, right? What, what in the world does that, does that do to us, right? What are we making? How do we find a, a touchstone, something, something solid and dependable? You know, you can't solve an equation with no constant. Yeah. Otherwise, you get this endless stream of just of, of possible solutions. Right? That just that just um, endlessly spin off, right? Mm -hmm. Then what happens if we don't have the something concrete that's kind of 
it's kind of defining the territory, we replace it with ideology. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we, because it's, it's so feeble, feeble and, and, um, and unstable, we enforce the ideology through, through force. And this is where we've come to, just one group trying to force their ideology on somebody else. That's what the world is experiencing. It's really a bunch of conflicting stories. And somebody's, somebody's trying, to, trying to have the, the dominant one. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's, it's very interesting for, for the listener, GP and I are both from the United States. I actually did not know that the US had been involved in 258 wars or conflicts since its inception yeah uh, yeah and yes that that uh, i did not know it's that. the it's the most warlike nation in history mm-hmm. well and, and modernly i think those of those of you listening from around the world might be in complete agreement with that <laughs> yes as, as we've shown ourselves uh, as a nation very differently lately. So, uh, you, you know, you, you talk about needing to find a touchstone and, and missing that. Could you say some more about that touchstone and, and why that's so critically important? Well, everybody has to, find, has to find that because inherently in the human system, the human ego, the human sense of identity, right? There's nothing absolute about it, right? You know, take, take any child from any culture, put them in a different culture, and they will become that culture. Yes. Simple, simple as that. Right? They, will, they, will, they will respond to and adapt themselves to become whatever container they happen to be get put into. There was a study done, oh boy, I read about it a long time ago, maybe 30, 40 years. Um, it's a psychological study at the beginning of the school year, you know, and in, uh, in grade school and junior high, they will often, uh, especially if they started in junior high, they start dividing up, you know, the smart kids and the dumb kids, and I have the dumb kid class and the smart kid class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what they did at the beginning of the year is they told the teacher that had the dumb kids that she had the smart kids. And they told the teacher that had smart kids that she had the dumb kids. Mm. Guess what happened? Uh, <laughs> they completely yeah. responded to it. The smart kids became dumb. The dumb kids became smart purely out of, out of expectation. So where's our, where's our touch point? What, 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 what can, where can we stick our feet? I mean, we can't go back to the, to the Serengeti, right? We can't go back to the trees. We have, we have no choice. Those, the boats have been burned. We have, we, we have to find some, some point that is the, around which you can build a humane and a sustainable culture and a sustainable society and a sustain, a sustainable world, right? Because it's clear the one we're, the, 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 the one we have now isn't, isn't working. And for me, um, I, I learned relatively early, and it's just proven itself over and over again over time, that the only place to find that is, is within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're not going to find it outside anymore. Right? 
you, you, you can't go back to your cult, the, the culture once you've seen through it. I mean, once you've had enough consciousness that you've outgrown the roots of your own culture, that you've seen your, your own culture, for all of its value, is in fact arbitrary. There's nothing absolutely true about it. Right? <clears throat> and, and we live in a time where, you know, <laughs> you know, people who are listening to this on the internet. They can, they can, you can have, be exposed to as many cultures as you want. Yes. You can see the world through all sorts of different eyes. And, and at the level of us regular human beings, we don't see the divisions between that, um, you know, we're told by, you know, you know, the, the, the governments and that sort of thing. We don't see the same kind of borders. I find the same people all, all over the place. I have students in Turkey, Serbia, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as well as all over Europe and India, and 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 it, 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 the hearts are all the same. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it really becomes if if you want me to sum it up, the, the reference point is love, mm -hmm. an okay. appreciation to to appreciate the differences. And and anchor yourself in in this in the similarities. You know, even the term race was invented. There is there isn't races. No, no. no. The, the difference the physical differences between us are actually so insignificant, right? They're so superficial, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That that the actual the actual character we're not different species. We're there's 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 only one of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so much is arbitrary. And uh, there's so much in modern society, whether you're in the United States or not, it doesn't make any difference. This is global. It's worldwide. So wherever people mm -hmm. are listening from, there's so much arbitrary designation that, as you said, things really don't have a meaning. And we have people defining and defending personal territory over what? Over, over, over nothing at all. Over nothing. <laughs> over nothing yeah. at all. I, uh, over nothing at all. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that, like a tale told by an idiot, full of mm. foam and fury signifying nothing. Shakespeare yes. wrote about it 400 years ago. <laughs> yes, because it is, it is arbitrary. Right? Um, the danger, though, is that it is mistaken for something that's absolute. Yeah. Exactly. That's the danger. And, and, and then, then in order to defend it, you may have to get, you feel you have to get, have to get violent. Okay. And yeah. men are more prone to violence than women are, just right. kind of the way we were built. Mm -hmm. It is, yes. And then 258 wars later, <laughs> I keep coming back to that number. That's, uh, yeah, that's more than I thought. I, I wonder if uh, it's more than the listeners thought as well. So uh, we're, we're, our, we're yeah. operating in this arbitrary and really highly artificial way of living the more we think about it. And then how has this impacted men in particular? I mean, what we're talking about applies, of course, to all people, men and women. But while we're on the subject of men and, and masculinity, how does this arbitrariness, how has this 
leading to where we are? How does this play out specifically for the guys out there? Well, you know, men have always had to define themselves uh, as themselves, but also in terms of the culture, right? Oh, yeah. um, uh, as Joseph Campbell put it beautifully, he said that women are life, men are the protectors of life. And and that's kind of been the the the, the cultural role. And uh, primitively, you know, I mean, prior to agriculture, like you know, twelve thousand years ago plus, um, it, it was very it was very clear what um, what the man's role was. But at the same time, there was in these cultures because they weren't so strictly hierarchy hierarchical, and they weren't as big. Right. There, there was an acknowledgement of the individual, the value of an individual. So the, the entire relationship between men and the men and women within the, within the culture was a, was a nice flow between the, the individual qualities and, and powers that somebody would have and their responsibility to the whole. Right? And, that's what male and initiation rights were all about. They were to take the boy. You know, women automatically, girls automatically become women. It just happens. Their body does it because yeah. the, the, the female body is, is still very connected to the earth and the cycles and all, and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas men are not, right? right. And, so, and so men had, uh, boys had to be taught to be men. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. And, and they were very, they were some very harsh processes that, that, that brought them into the, into the, into the realization that they were owed nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah. was for certain. And yeah. your chances are a whole lot better of surviving if you work with us, if you work with every, everybody. And they also were very clear as to their, their role of taking care of women. Women, the the first images of of gods were goddesses, and they were now owned. I mean, it was the the female was the first thing that was worshipped, and for damn good reason. I mean, life comes out of it, <laughs> the female yeah. body, and it nourishes that life, right? I mean, it, it gives life and feeds life up, up until the time that it's capable. And for human beings, that's a long time, a long time. before we're actually. Before we're actually capable of, of 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 having a chance in hell of surviving, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and so, and but what happened is everything began to shift when went into agriculture and the formations of cities, and and that sort of thing, right? So we, for the first time, we could store food. We could actually grow food and store it, and so th there was a there was a distinct lessening of complete dependence upon the environment. So I wasn't just walking around every day gathering, and if nothing was there, I died. Right? <laughs> I was growing right. grains and corn and things that would actually store. Right? So, so what a huge difference! Where all of a sudden, from being basically uh, nomadic where we just kind of be wandering, following the food to being static. And when that yeah. happens now, suddenly the, the tribes get bigger, right? <laughs> More stuff begins to happen and, and, and hierarchy begins to emerge. Specialization begins to emerge. 
right? All sorts of things, things be, begin to happen. And so all of a sudden now, you know, the, the man doesn't define himself by how well he can chase down a wildebeest. How well can he make a horseshoe, right? Completely different world, right? Yeah. Right. But, uh, and, and over time, uh, as, as technology and things developed, the, the physical body of, of men and women became less and less a factor in survival, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, and like 300 years ago with the industrial revolution, everything changed, mm-hmm. right? When, when the United States uh, was first formed, um, 1776, 98% of the population was, were farmers. Mm, wow. Now, yeah. 2% of the population are farmers. Mm-hmm. I mean, complete disconnect from, from Gaia. <laughs> <laughs> and sure. Gaia and yeah and, and the whole the whole uh, the whole energy of that um the, the industrial revolution was uh you know uh, men were no longer in the house they were no longer there they were no longer out in the field with the kids working with them the kids were now in schools the the women were there in the house and the man was off for most of the day um serving the industrial machine Right? Mm, Com- right. Again, a completely different relationship, yeah. and it was at this time that uh, that all of the uh, male initiation rituals were lost because they didn't want that anymore. They didn't want them <laughs> men being uh, being in tune with their uh, with the with their tribe. They wanted it in tune with the industry. I mean, it was a real takeover by a, a very different value system, a very different way of thinking or a different way of, of being. And it grew, if you look at, you know, the modern uh, economics, it grew right out of them, out of the, uh, the, uh, the, the first it was, uh, first it was the aristocracy and the serf, right? The right, landowner right. and the serf, yeah. right? And then it went to master slave and now it goes to employer and employee. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it is the same relationship. It's the, been the same relationship for 12,000 years. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what's shifting, right? Yes. That can't, that can't stand anymore because yeah. it's, it's inhumane. It's just reduced people to commodities. And, uh, and this is the, this is the fruit of it. So even though right now we have the technology to guarantee everybody on the planet a, a healthy living. We have, since 1975, it's been estimated. About that time, the technology got to the point where every person on the planet could have a food, shelter, medical education, right? No problem whatsoever if it was properly distributed. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 But we're still operating under the illusion of scarcity. <laughs> and so you've got people yeah. hoarding, right? The idea of property. Oh my God, there's so many things I go off on in here. I mean, the idea (laughs) of property didn't, didn't exist until I had to grow food. Yeah. No, I I had, I had a blanket, a wife, (laughs) a spear. (laughs) That was it. Perfect. What what, what could you want? I wasn't, there was no sense of accumulating. There was no sense of, of, of private property. Right. (laughs) We have to realize these are modern concepts. Yes, yeah, they're <laughs> modern concepts, and and you're talking about something that that's so 
a deep level and foundational level here that I think a lot of people miss. A lot of people who are doing work with masculine and feminine energy, this is, this is something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is how did this actually happen? And with the advent of the industrial revolution, you're saying this has been a deliberate shift in values and who is who's well it's not a deliberate shift it it, it was a set of values that emerged with the hierarchy ah yeah yeah okay and and in inherent in the hierarchy you're going to do there's going to be somebody on top and there's going to be somebody at the bottom that's the way it worked so Mm. early on it began to organize that way and you know power there were kings and and emperors and rulers and that's and that sort of thing right from the right. get-go it's it's just so that value is there right of hierarchy which is a ve- a very male way of organizing sure <clears throat> and so it's dominated the world and that makes sense right <clears throat> if if you and i are going out to chase to chase down some 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 uh, critter that's dangerous, a woolly mammoth or something, (laughs) right? You know, we got to know what everybody's going to do and we got to do it. Mm -hmm. So it can be much, uh, much more strict uh, hierarchy because women don't organize that way. They, they, they organize horizontally through all very intricate relationships, very, very different. But because, because men dominated, it it became just the dominant. It's still there. Right? So just yeah, it, so it just sort of happened that way. It, it happened that way, but as as power solidifies in one part of it, of course they fight to defend it. Mm-hmm. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the yeah. way God intended it. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course i'm on i'm on top i don't want the rules to change yes it's my divine right it's my divine right (laughs) and if it's not the divine right then it's just well i've just i'm just evolutionary uh, evolutionarily evolved beyond you because it was the right of kings at one time Mm -hmm. which was divine right right yeah and but then it moved into the to the right of ownership okay (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah right so this is my property this is my slave and it's still the it's it's still the case it, there's not a corporation on the planet that isn't totally dictatorial and top down there's no such thing as a democratic corporation mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they don't um, they don't exist that's for sure they don't so <laughs> what has changed it's only the form of the, the hierarchy in yes words. yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know a softer gentler hierarchy right mm. <laughs> I, I, and and you know we've gotten we've actually gotten so repulsed by the whole thing that it, we have we, we have to call it by other names we have to make it look like it's like it's freedom of choice and all that but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's like the guy, the guys who worked in the coal mine, they rented the house from the from the company that they lived in, and they had to shop at the company store because that's all there was. Now, what's the difference between that and slavery? Nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, functionally, there's not because you have somebody yeah. telling you what to do, how much time off you can take to spend by yeah. yourself or with your own family and you have to get that approved in writing by someone who doesn't know you at all and 
really doesn't yep. care about you. <laughs> that's, that's right. Who you may have never even meet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they're off in a high-rise office in another city, possibly in another part of the world. And oh, and yeah, these days, yes, it is that way. The decisions are just coming from this amorphous thing <clears throat> somewhere. But, but this is what's happened, because men have been conditioned to... Yeah to accept that, to define themselves in terms of that, and then to seek to try to get up the hierarchy as high as they can possibly get. And yes. that becomes our, our, our ideal. And, and so this kind, of, uh, this kind of economic value system has replaced the value system of the home, of, of the earth, which is why it, it, you know, these companies don't have any conscience whatsoever if they just you know if they i'm going to save i'm going to increase my stock value and i'm going to save some save uh, some money by moving this factory to mexico mm -hmm. uh, the fact that i'm devastating an entire uh, an entire community of tens of thousands of people yeah. oh well well what's the value there it's clear what the value is the value is the profit not not the people and this is this is the destructive this is the destructiveness of it that has evolved and you know it's not like there are these evil people up top <laughs> right? No, right they simply believe this they believe that this is the way it's supposed to be mm -hmm. yes and i think this is an important point because as, as people define and defend personal territory we all want to create an other that is evil or inferior or evil and inferior both uh, than any adjective yes. we want to throw in there and uh, it's not that you, you make a great point here it's not that they're necessarily evil people they're just thinking completely differently that's exactly the that's exactly the case they believe this to be true and and not enough of advanced consciousness has dawned yet to be able to question and, and to, to see the arbitrariness of that of that value system yes and which means opening yourself up to a, a value system that could be better higher right and for me that means more universal more equitable uh takes care of everybody <laughs> takes care of the earth as uh, you know because we only got one of them right <laughs> right and the earth is a is an infinitely productive uh uh mechanism if you don't stress its own capacity for recycling and replenishing right? yeah yeah but if you do you know you break the system it's over mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. There ain't no help coming, <laughs> right? No, no. It'd no. be great if there was, but <clears throat> we no, should not plan on. Yeah, but we should not plan on that, right? Although there's yeah. a lot of people that do. A lot of people, aliens are going to come, or Jesus is going to come, or something like that, which, uh, in a, in a, in a very weird sense, simply gives them permission to continue on the same self-destructive abusive path right yes and, and not take accountability for your own actions mm -hmm. it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing but you know when i for me the masculine energy 
is the energy that is capable of looking that looking at that absolutely coldly and say and say this isn't working it must change and then endure the the discomfort of the change that is masculine energy that can look out yeah. for the whole look out for the whole tribe and not just for itself and and for us now just because of the nature of things has gone have gone the whole tribe is the whole world exactly yeah yeah it really is i think this is something really really valuable that you've said that the masculine energy has the capacity to look at a situation clearly with, with clarity and say yes. you know what we've made a mistake here we've been mistaken this is not working let's do something else and then as you so correctly put it endure the discomfort endure yes. the process of change that has to follow that and there's not enough advanced <laughs> consciousness in the world yet to see that there could be a more equitable a more loving a more humane way of going about all of this Many, yep. many themes, many themes and things that I think I would really like to continue further with here. And I invite all the listeners to stay tuned for the second part of this very wonderful conversation with G.P. Walsh here. Now, before we wrap up the first show here, I want to just invite all of you, if you'd like to find out more about G.P., to please visit gpwalsh.com, gpwalsh.com. And on YouTube, G.P. has a YouTube channel at YouTube slash G.P. Walsh. So we will be back here on Decide to Transform with part two of our conversation this is the executive contributor, G.P. Walsh. G.P., thank you so much for joining me on this first half of our conversation today. Thanks, Tomas. It's, uh, this has been fun. <laughs> I love it. And stay tuned, everybody, for part two. All right, everyone, have a great day. You've been listening to Decide to Transform with G.P. Walsh. We'll talk to you all very soon.